Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Opposites React. It is November 3rd, 2021, episode 93. My name is Sarah, and I'm here with Tyler. How are you, Tyler? I need a coffee. You need a coffee. Well, that's too bad. You already started. I know. I'm not going to start slurping during the podcast, so how are you? Oh, I am tired. Well, we got a big weekend ahead of us. Yeah, setting up for extra life is a full-time job. <laughs> so, uh, we did. we had... A movie experience this weekend, this past weekend. Together? Yes. It was weird. <laughs> For you, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, we went to go see Dune together. In? IMAX. There you go. And uh, yeah, that was your, was that your first time in the movies this year? In probably like a year or so? Since watching Hocus Pocus last October. <laughs> Before we um, get into the movie itself, which we're not going to do big spoilers right now, we'll just give our... our Brief impressions on the film, thoughts. Um, what did you think or feel about like the theater experience? Like being back in theaters or yeah. like IMAX in general? Either, both. Um, the IMAX experience did not feel any different to me than AVX. So. When was the last time you saw an AVX film? Oh, <laughs> it's been a while. Well, I can tell you that you're wrong. There is a difference. I mean, having recently seen a movie. Okay, and- you saw Bond back to back though. Like... I really couldn't tell a difference, um, except for the seats moved, but the seats squeaked. So it was really like I couldn't move anyways because then I would annoy you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and being back in the theaters was just like, I wish I was home. I wish I could go pee. I wish I could eat whatever I want. Um, and I wish I could put my feet up because the seat in front of me was too far away. Um, yeah. And you made us sit in the very back. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't love, I didn't miss the theater experience I figured out. People like you, the like reason why not. modern cinema is dying. <laughs> Did you see that Dune is the most pirated movie? I didn't see that, but it didn't surprise me. No, because all of us want to stay home. Yeah, well, y'all are spoiled. <laughs> okay. I, 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 for one, I, for one, would rather not have the home experience. I like going to the movies. I know, yeah. I know. But you're going to have to start paying a lot extra, I think, because... People like me are going to make the Costco because we don't want to leave home. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, getting that negativity out of the way. <laughs> oh, no. It's going to keep on coming. Hold oh, on. So we'll talk about the film briefly. Um, we won't go into any major spoilers. You want me to start then? Yeah, well, yeah, since, like I said, since it's your first time back in theaters and it's a movie that you were kind of looking forward to. It's, well, I, I, I wasn't a theater person in the first place. So for me to say, hey, I want to go to the theaters to right. watch this is a big thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I chose that I really wanted to watch Dune. But the deal was that we would read the book before going. Um, well, it's part of the book, technically. Yes. It's not the whole book. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get to the part where the movie ended anyways. So we still missed a bit. But um, So I think where a lot of my negativity comes in is that Tyler watched the trailers, then read the book, and then saw the movie. Where I didn't see the trailers, I just read the book and watched the movie. So he already had the characterization in his head, like the characters, what they look like, their mannerisms from the trailers, where I built a totally different headcanon. Like my idea of all these characters was totally different. So then going to the theater and seeing them portrayed in a way I didn't like as much all ruined the experience for me. You're that way about a lot of movies and stuff. You'll nitpick on things like 
oh, that character's eye color is different. Or a Harry Potter's <laughs> eye color is mentioned many times in the books. That is not. Okay. Fans are so mad about that. Fine, I understand your point. You have a preconception in your mind of what you think a character looks like. And but even their mannerisms are totally different. But I think what happened, which made the movie, it was a lot harder to portray in the movie, mm-hmm. was all of the um, the narration inside of people's heads in the book missing in the movie yep that was a creative decision to to not go that route and i think it was fine i mean no i I understand why it was that way but i think you miss a lot of character building because of it sure you can say that for almost any novel that's adapted to the big screen there's always stuff that's gonna be left out or well yeah for sure but i mean like that the talking in their heads was a big part of it like jessica lady Mm. jessica most of her words were in her head never spoken sure well yeah like after we saw the movie, I, I read some... Cause you didn't want to hear any impressions or reviews no. before we saw the movie. So after we saw it, I read some online, like on forums, I read some impressions to you. And you agree with some of them where people would say like, you know, the film, even for a film that was probably just a little over two and a half hours. And this is just part one, mind you, of, yes. of a two-part intended series. Um, you, the film felt a little lean. Like uh, they hit a lot of the major story beats of the book that we had read so far, but there's a lot of characterization missing. Yeah, like a big plot moment kind of just felt throwaway mm-hmm. because it came out of nowhere. Where if you read the book, it, it built up to it. But yeah, in the movie, it was just like, boom. And then instead of having those building scenes of characters, they had um, a random fight scene that didn't exist in the book. Well, yeah, the book leaves a lot of the fighting to be implied. Yes. Uh, whereas, the, But again, when you have a $200 million movie, the studio probably wants you to have some action in it to keep the... The audience invested i was not invested <laughs> because of the action scene <laughs> i don't know um but yeah i i there was things i did like about the movie it was beautiful very beautiful um and the music was good nothing like crazy it was zimmer um wasn't his best work but it was still suitable for the movie for sure um but those were my two favorite things i think i think paul's character the main character did a great job i liked him um, but other than that, I pretty much didn't like any other main characters other than that. But yeah, how about you talk about positive things? Because I'm just a negative Nancy. All right, let's do a little 180 here. Uh, <laughs> I think Dune is one of the best movies I've probably seen in the last five years. Wow. Is it above Bond? Is it above Bond? No, I'm not going to go that far. But like, I'll say like, like seeing Dune has, has much more of an impact on me on the big screen, especially than seeing any of the recent Star Wars films. And I yeah, recent, but I don't I think mean, you're like, alone in that. Hmm? I don't think you're alone in no, that. Oh, and there's a lot of Star Wars people that get hyped for those films. And I'm not saying the Star Wars, the last few films were bad. It's just this to me just felt, I mean, I think the director Denis Villeneuve is, is one of the best filmmakers today. I put him up there with, you know, Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan or, I know, David Qu- Fincher. Sure, David Fincher, Quentin Tarantino. He's in all those. Ter- like, Villeneuve has his last four or five films have all been excellent, and he's he's got one of the best visual eyes. If you mm. if you look at if you can with with Arrival, Blade Runner, twenty forty nine, and now Dune, those three films all look fantastic. Like I felt like I was in the desert when like the sun was shining through. Oh, and, like, yeah. you could barely see what was actually happening. It's yeah. like wow, I'm he's, in he's, the desert. He's a great. And since we just talked about this the other week, he's a great visual storyteller. Yes. Um, he knows how to edit. His editing is very good too. Whoever he works with as his editor, they do a great job. Again, I thought the music was fantastic. You know me, I love a loud. I love a loud theater. Um, I was expecting it to be louder though. You made it sound louder than it was going to be. I was expecting my earbuds to drop. I guarantee up. you that was louder than what AVX or a regular theater would have been. 
I have to go experience those things again though to make a comparison. Like if like if I think back to having seen like um well obviously Bond is the most recent example because <laughs> like Bond was also on Zimmer, so like that was really loud in, in IMAX. I think all Nolan films now are just rated as highest noise value. Yeah, that has more to do with the way he does his sound mixing. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of those moments in this film where the sound, especially the bass, kind of overwhelmed some of the dialogue. But overall, I thought the film, I, I don't know, I just, I thought it was, and again, I never, for a movie that was just a little, little over two and a half hours, I never felt the pacing drag, never wanted to look at my phone or anything. I was like, man, like, especially when you get towards the end, you're like, oh no, I want it. When you know it's going to wrap up, or not wrap mm. up, I should say, because it kind of ends on a cliffhanger, it's a part one. When it's ending, you're like, oh man, I want to see more of this. And it's like, no, we got to wait two more years to see part mm. two. So no, I loved it. I and I think again, even if you hadn't read the source material like we did, you you probably it would be a, a tougher watch a first time because they do throw a lot of names and and concepts well, see, at with you. The but, first two chapters of the book, I was just like, yeah. I am so done. But then after that, I was I was in. Yeah, you do settle in pretty easily. But I um, do think you could definitely tell who watched who watched the movie and didn't read the book, mm-hmm. and vice versa when watching the film because there was comedic moments. That weren't supposed to be comedic moments. Like you, people would laugh, and it's like, no, that is actually not comedic. <laughs> that is very serious. Um, so you could tell, like, most yeah, of the people in the theater did not read the book. <laughs> well, well, the book doesn't have much humor in it, but no. again, I think that was an intentional choice when it was portrayed that way on film. I don't think the director, you know, like misinterpreted a scene. No, or something I didn't and, think he misinterpreted it, no. but I just think that pe- yes, people would think that's funny if they didn't read the book. Yeah. Well, to be fair, too, we saw it with an older crowd. I think. Mm. There was sure. a lot of people our age or younger there, so I think. So they saw the first dune and said, "Well, this was gross. This, yeah. this better be better." <laughs> but no, I, I I recommend. I think everybody should go see it. Just at least see it on the big screen, please. Like, don't listen to Sarah and watch it at home because I don't think you'll have the same <laughs> impact. Not only that, but we got to support this movie. I think I think the movie just made over three hundred million worldwide box office, which mm. is great. I mean, obviously nowadays films like that and Bond, they're not, they're never going to break even because of the amount of costs and marketing involved and the fact mm. that theaters. Well, are, especially because they had to market twice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, go see it if you can. Especially because I think November is sort of a weak month for movies. December is a lot of good stuff coming out, but for November is not a lot of new releases. I think that are gonna jump off the page of people. What's so, next for you, Spider Man? Um, no, there is something in November I wanted to see. Uh, oh well, not that I probably wouldn't see this by myself. Since I'm going with a group of people, we're gonna go see the new Ghostbusters. Oh in a few right, weeks. right, 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 right. Yep. Other than that, yeah, there's like there's the Matrix next month. There's Spider Man. Um, I think the new Kingsman's still supposed to come out oh, before yeah, the end I've of the year. Oh, I've heard nothing about it. Actually, no, you know, they may have got delayed until February. I can't remember yeah, now. I've but anyways, peep. getting off track. Um, want to read the email now before we get into the topic? Sure. Okay. Do we you remember have... what the question was? Uh, Parts of movies. Sure. Like what makes you, what when you watch Netflix, like when you're scrolling, mm. what makes you pick a movie? Right. Okay. Uh, okay. So episode 92 response from Catherine. She says, Good evening. I really enjoy the topic of this podcast. Well done. The aspect of filmmaking or storytelling that I most enjoy is the music selection. Not surprising given her background. (laughs) (laughs) But I agree with you very much, Kat. The music can definitely enhance or greatly enhance or even detract from a movie depending on how it's Mm, used, right? Sorry, and I I shouldn't have said that because I just heard... I didn't read read ahead in the email, but her next sentence does say, to me, it either makes or breaks the scene. It's crazy how music plays such an important role but it's also something that's, quote, in the background and not noticed too often. She says, Hans Zimmer and Thomas Newman are my favorite composers. Such legends. I agree. Both fantastic. <laughs> Actually, in, in Newman, I do like a lot of Newman's older stuff. And when I say older, I mean like in the last, you know, 20, 30 years. I don't mean like that. But um, 
I was actually kind of disappointed with his some of his selections on a couple of the modern films. Like he did Skyfall and Spectre. Mm. Skyfall has some good music. Um, I'm not saying I counted Adele. That was like the that was just a credits thing. I'm talking about during the film. Newman had some good credits, especially towards, sorry some good music selections, especially towards the end. But uh, Spectre I felt was just very forgettable. Uh, she also says she finishes off the email by saying, "You guys are nearing 100 episodes." <laughs> Excited. It is crazy, isn't it? <laughs> So that would be what sometime in January, I guess would be. It. No, no. It was in '93, so seven more episodes. So that'd be oh, December. December then, yeah, yeah, before Christmas probably. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> cool. Cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, shall we get into the topic then? What is the topic? I don't really know how to preface this. I, I do have a like I, I have a list in front of me here. So this has been sort of a well thought out, and I think it'll be, create some interesting discussion between us. But I just don't really know what to title it. I'm, I'm basically we can maybe we can call it like a this or that type situation. Oh. Where I'm giving you two movies. Okay. And these movies have a connection of some kind, whether it's that they're from the same era, like the same same year, same decade, oh. or same director, I'm same lost. type of genre. There's always a connection between these two films. Okay. So, and I was trying to think, there's multiple ways we could approach this. I was initially going to go in saying, we'll discuss the two, not just, we're not going to go into depth in these films because most of these films are very well known, like popular films that people would know anyways, but I'll give you the two titles and we can either say maybe which one of these are you more likely to recommend to a person Actually, I think when I first had the topic in mind, I was thinking to myself, let's assume that the person listening has never seen either of these films. Okay. Which one would you recommend to that person? If you say you only watch one of these films, which one would you recommend and why? Okay. So again, not saying either one is one of the films better than the other, just maybe... What am I going to tell people to watch? Yeah, based on your thought, your... Like, I wouldn't say don't watch Dune. Of course. I would say maybe don't read the book first. (laughs) Okay. So... um. Yeah, so like I said, uh, I'll, I'll mention the two titles and uh, I'll give a brief description of why I, I'm grouping link these them? together. Yeah, yeah linking them together. So uh, the first one I chose, for some reason, I made this topic, the very first one that came to my mind, especially because there's been many films in both of these series and they, they did eventually do like a collaboration type film, is Alien or Predator. Oh. So I'm referencing the originals here. I'm talking about the series as a whole. I'm saying the original Alien from 1979, the original Predator from 1987. Okay. Now I know this, this question maybe is not definitely suited for you specifically. No, but, I've seen neither. Um, I mean, they're very different. Like, obviously, again, the reason I'm linking them together is because I think, what was it, back in like 2004, they did Alien, Alien versus, versus Predator. Versus and then there was a terrible sequel that came out after that as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, like these were two of the biggest sort of sci-fi creature series from the past 40 years right right well predator's been out for predator came out in 87 so that, that's obviously when i was born so be about 34 years old <laughs> aliens came out in 79 so that's what uh older 43 42 years old whatever <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah um i have briefly talked about alien on this podcast in the past i don't think i've ever directly referenced predator although it's okay my choice for these two films definitely is gonna be predator because i think Predator is just such an entertaining, easily watchable film. Like Alien is is a great film, obviously, but it's very slow paced. Doesn't the series There's, go down and take a crap? Also, well, I mean, Alien—the first two Alien films are fantastic. Where the Predator series is all over the map. Like oh, I think the first okay. Predator is easily the best. Okay. Um, and a lot of people might say Aliens, like the sequel is better yeah. than the original Alien, but they're very different feels too. Like Aliens was definitely much more of an action heavy. Um, like very well paced film whereas the first Alien is very slow but it takes its time to build the atmosphere 
And I mean, for its time, like when it came out, when the alien came out, it was just like nothing no one had ever seen. The scale of it, the the creature design was fantastic. Like originally, like it wasn't CG; it was all practical stuff, right? Was it? Oh yeah. Same with Predator. To be honest, like Predator was just like a guy in a suit. They obviously use CG to hide the fact that he's you know he's, he's invisible, he's camouflaged in the jungle right. and stuff. But it was just a guy in a suit. And okay. funny bit of trivia: most people might already know this. I I may have already mentioned this in the past, but. Back when they were filming Predator in '87, I mean, for those who don't know, Predator is like Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? It's one of his best, one of his earlier best action films. Or oh, Schwarzenegger is probably yeah. Schwarzenegger is Predator, man. He's a Dutch. Yeah. Not, not a clue. I could if Predator's on TV, I'll watch it every time, as long as it's not edited, because it, it's, mm. it's a violent movie. You got to watch it in its proper state. <laughs> but um, yeah, Predator's fantastic. But anyways, the original Predator, the guy in the original Predator suit was supposed to be Jean Claude Van Damme. Okay. But there was like issues with apparently Jean Claude said that the suit was just so hot because they're filming in a jungle. Like he would he would like pass out from dehydration all the time. Eventually right. they just replaced him because I mean, maybe Jean Claude whined a lot and they ended up replacing him um, with another guy. But anyways, um, uh, yeah, for me, like both great films, I can watch, but they're very different moods. Like Alien, I got to be in the mood to watch. Okay. But like Predator, I can watch anytime, and I would rec- even if anyone had ever seen it before, and I'm like, you want to watch a scene, and we, you want to watch a movie that's so much testosterone in it. <laughs> There's so many jacked guys in this. Like, not even Schwarzenegger. You got Schwarzenegger, you got Carl Weathers. You got, like, Jesse Ventura, Bill Duke. So many just, like... There's just a scene in the jungle where these guys are just, like, like mowing down the entire jungle with a minigun and a bunch of other machine guns. It's just an action-heavy... Like, me watching as a kid, I loved it because I was like, wow, this looks so cool. Watching as an adult, you're like, yeah, this is still so cool. (laughs) So, that's that's, that's my take on it. (laughs) I'll give you you one you can answer. For the next one, I'm I'm talking about the animated films because they did do live-action remakes of these recently, but we're talking about the original, like, 1990s animated versions. So, Aladdin or Lion King? I hate Aladdin. Really? I do. hate Aladdin. I don't like Aladdin. Okay, so you're obviously going Lion King in this case. I'm going Lion King. I think... uh, like I love that movie so much I learned the, all the piano from it um, yeah we listened to that soundtrack a whole bunch uh, and I had the action figures like I was I was a Lion King person so that's kind of cheating but I just think it's a it has more ups and downs and I I just didn't like I, I think it's a, the setting I don't like the setting of Aladdin so I think it ruined it for me and growing up I watched both films a bunch we had them both on vhs um and i love lion king but honestly for me i think aladdin is just i like the story of aladdin but obviously for me the biggest thing with aladdin is, is the genie like when you're oh, a kid yeah, you can't not love robin williams yeah as the genie. No, no, no. You're, like, that's for sure yeah, yeah he's the best character and to be far. fair like again when you're a kid lion king can be a little traumatizing to kids oh yeah like no i get Scar that Mufasa thing. Yeah. yeah but i love the hyenas mm-hmm. uh like was it Whoopi goldberg is one of them I'm yeah sure she's yeah, a yeah. hyena um would you say Lion yeah. King has more? I guess yeah. On the whole, Lion King has more memorable music, right? Yeah, like Aladdin like, just has basically the flying carpet a whole song. New world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you'll hear that all over right. the place though in Disney. I don't know. Lion King just the Animal Kingdom all coming together. It was. It was. Happy. Would there have been another Disney animated film from your youth that you would have a closer comparison with the Lion King to? Like the Lion King. Like there's two movies that I watched way more. Okay. Um. But Lion King was definitely one of the ones that I would rewatch rather than Aladdin, where I was just like, "Well, this was boring. <laughs> Goodbye." Was it? Was it Little Mermaid? Little Mermaid and yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Oh yeah, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. You look back at that era, like '90s, late '80s and '90s of Disney films, and every one of those films you mentioned had like a huge musical 
factor oh, to it. You yeah, know what 100%, I mean? Yeah. Modern Disney doesn't as much. It still like a little bit. It still no. does, but I feel like back then the music was a like, huge part of the narrative. Yeah, everyone yeah. had a banger. Yeah. Like you could name a track from all those. Um, probably the last one like that I could think of was Frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's probably even anomaly in current Disney times. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Between those, I would still pick Lion King. Right. I'll tell you what. Before I get into some more action-heavy ones here, I'll do one more animated one for you. This one's a little more, a little more recent. We're talking late '90s here, early 2000s. I'm pretty sure I know your answer to this one, but I just want to know if I'm ready. <laughs> Toy Story. Oh. The first one, obviously, mm-hmm. or Shrek. I know the right answer. <laughs> the right answer is Toy Story. Okay, but you want to say Shrek? But I want to say Shrek. That's what I thought when I wrote this question for you. I thought you were going to say Shrek, so I want to know why you'd say that. I don't. I think the it's funnier. It's not as wholesome, right? But did, is this before Austin Powers? No, Austin Powers was like ninety six, I think. So before okay. both these films. So yeah. I would have watched Austin Powers and then this, and, and just think that right. Mike Myers is like the guy, the cool guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that I probably carried that with me. And Eddie Murphy is yep. donkey, yep. yeah. So I don't know. I think the humor in that one, I think, uh, makes me pick that one. Um. And the last musical number, because I still know the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Rather than Toy Story. Like, I know you got a friend of me, of course, but so, personally so you, for me, I choose Shrek. You're going with Smash Mouth over Randy Newman. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, both films were obviously like huge pioneers for their studios. Like, yes. Toy Story got Pixar off the ground. Shrek was huge for DreamWorks. Mm-hmm. They both launched like series, like, tril- well, they were originally trilogies until Toy Story 4 yeah. came out. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, both films obviously made tons of money at the, at the, and had a huge impact. Mm-hmm. They were, they were, I think they were three years apart. I think Toy Story was 98 and Shrek was 2001, if I'm not mistaken. I constantly think of earwax candles from <laughs> Shrek. Like, it, it's one of my weekly thoughts about mm-hmm. every time I see a candle, I think of Shrek. <laughs> so, <laughs> it stuck with me. All right. This next one, the next comparison might be a little more biased to you because I don't think you've seen the first one on this list. I know you've definitely seen the second one, so you and I will probably have different opinions on this, but... The Ring, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about, right? The Ring, like the yeah, horror film. It, yeah. the okay, The Ring or The Sixth Sense? I think I avoided The Ring on purpose because mm-hmm. I heard it was too scary. Mm-hmm. So, and The Sixth Sense, I don't think is scary per se. It's more of a thriller. Yeah. So I, I didn't know. I wouldn't know how to answer for The Ring. I just avoided it um, because I know that I would not sleep. But I do enjoy the the Sixth Sense. The, that's a, such a hard thing. <laughs> sixth. Sixth Sense rewatchability, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know enough about the Ring. Yeah, like you said, I mean, the biggest thing with the Sixth Sense when it came out at the time, everybody was always like, "The twist, the twist." You have to yeah. see this for the twist, right? I mean, the Ring doesn't have a twist, right? Um, or if it does, it's not obviously not as pronounced as the Sixth Sense was. But I think the Ring over time for me is a, is a more rewatchable film. I find the Sixth Sense loses some of that appeal on rewatches. Oh I'm, yeah, like every, yeah. I wouldn't watch it more than twice, maybe three times, but like, that's it. Like the Ring's a beautiful looking film. Like it's so well shot, and the what a few like jump scares are there. They're not done in cheesy fashion like most horror films are nowadays. Right. It's a very calculated, well made film. Um, and yeah, I, I think over time, I would say the Ring is is a better thriller horror film. Like, would you say the Sixth Sense had a bigger impact on thr- on like? Um, well, what would you call it? What would you th- call that genre? It's a thriller. It's a thriller? Yeah. Would you say it had more of an impact on thrillers or did Ring have a bigger impact on horror? They were both huge at the time for their respective genres. Yeah. Um, I guess, well, I mean, because The Sixth Sense obviously launched Shyamalan's career. So Yeah, but look where that went. Well, he's hit or miss, but... <laughs> 
I, I give the slight edge to the sixth sense in terms of impact, but like I said, I still think for me, if I was going to recommend one of those films, one of those two films, someone who'd never seen either right now, I would say The Ring. Yeah, like when I hear about horror films, mm-hmm. I always hear about The Ring being one of the best ones. Yeah. Only the first one, not the second one. Please, don't I, watch I was one. wondering was if there was a sequel, and yeah, I never heard about it, so didn't didn't think about it. <laughs> All right, can get into a couple examples for me now. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay, I'm turn- tuning out. Okay, um, Braveheart. Oh no. Or Gladiator. Oh my gosh. Have fun with long haired boys. <laughs> I'm talking about Mo Gibson. Yeah. Because Russell Crowe didn't have long hair in Gladiator. No. <laughs> oh. Maybe I'm just thinking of the cover and just imagining it. So these films came out six years apart. Braveheart was 94, um, Gladiator was 2000. But Gladiator won reward, awards. Is that a Braveheart? Did it? Oh, yeah. Man, Bra- I think Braveheart I don't is... like Mel Gibson at all. I know you don't. <laughs> I, right? I avoid him. Braveheart, no, both films were hugely respected at the time, and I think they still both hold up incredibly well today. Um, maybe people... I feel like if you pull most people nowadays in our age demographic, they would say they've seen Gladiator or remember Gladiator a bit more than they do Braveheart. They've mm-hmm. heard of Braveheart. Like they've probably seen it before. Everybody's seen it at some point. But... They're very differently made. I mean, obviously, they come from different time periods of, like, the films take place in different time periods. Mm-hmm. You know, one's about, like, the Roman Coliseum and Gladiators. One's about, like, the Battle of Ireland, Scotland, and back in the, God, I don't even know what decade it was or what era it was, 1300s, 1400s, something like that. But, um, yeah, they're both great films. Um, I think for a first watch, Gladiator's a little more digestible. It's just sort of a really well-made Hollywood-type film. I mean, it's really Scott. You know, we've talked about him mm, recently. Yes. yep. But, you know, Braveheart is great, too. Braveheart has uh, great action scenes. Mel Gibson, I, I, I think we want to him as a person. I think he's a great actor. I think he does a great job in the film. And he directed the film as well. Um, both great-looking films. So, yeah, I mean, it's a hard one for me to pick, honestly. But I think glad I give it, I give it a slight edge for a first-time watch. But definitely go watch both if you can, I would say. <laughs> Next, how about... Okay, well, you've probably... De- I think you've seen these two films before. If not, it's, it's probably been I a while. But asleep. We're talking mid-90s action I, I don't i hesitate to call it i didn't want to call it a call them b films they feel like b films because they're they're both films are very simple concepts are very cheesy but they're well-made films okay and they're both i guess you call them action films but i'm gonna go with speed you know the keanu reeves yeah, speed yeah, yeah. or Sandra Bullock? right okay or twister oh i've never seen twister really yeah i've seen speed a bunch of times i know right i know right now dan listening to this probably getting all giddy because i know he loves twister oh yeah no i've never seen it but yeah, those two films came out like a year apart, I think. And um, they're both done by the same director, which is also why I chose them for this oh, is comparison. It really? Yeah. But they're very different films, obviously, you know, for they don't, the plots are not similar at all, but just very entertaining. Like, like there's, there's like there's like a point A and a point B to these films. Yeah, like, exactly. it's very, very linear films, but um, incredibly well made. And I, I think Speed's a little more rewatchable nowadays. Twister still looks pretty great for a movie that came out like 25 years ago. See, some of the CGI is a little dated on it, obviously, but it's still entertaining. I don't know. Maybe like some of the banter in the film can be a little much sometimes in Twister, like between Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt. I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it too. He's great. It's one of the crazy weather chaser guys. Really? But I don't know. I feel like just the, the chemistry between Keanu and Sandra Bullock from Speed is, and, and Dennis Hopper is a great villain in Speed. Like, like I, I think the answer to this, just by... Um, observation would mm-hmm. be speed only because I see that on TV all the time and I never see Twister on TV. I see Twister from time to time, but you're right. Speed is definitely like, more prominent. Yeah. Um, and yeah. everybody loves Keanu Reeves. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you can't go wrong with either of those films in my opinion. Um, well, here's an interesting one. And it's funny because I, I, 
every movie we've mentioned on this list so far, I've seen at some point or other, or I've seen multiple times. This this one, this comparison here, I've seen one of these films many times, but the other film I've only seen like once or twice. I don't remember it as well, but I think it's funny that these two films came out like a year apart. Maybe maybe even the same. I don't know. I think it was a year apart, but they're um, it's sort of a weird genre that you don't see a lot so it was weird to see two films come back back mm. to back basically and they're but like a doorman genre right but be received very differently so in this case i'm comparing the prestige oh christopher nolan yep. film about magic with the illusionist oh which is also another magic based film but very different style and tone the illusionist. you know what i mean oh my gosh yeah. remind me about the illusionist so both had great casts i mean prestige you know you had christian bale hugh jackman yeah. michael kane scott johansson yeah uh, Illusionist, you had Edward Norton, Paul Giamatti, uh, Jessica Biel. I don't remember it at all. But, and I, I I can't remember who directed The Illusionist. It, it escapes me right now. But I have seen both films. I've seen The Prestige probably like at least a dozen times, if not more. I've seen The Illusionist only once or twice. Uh, I remember The Illusionist. See, the funny thing is, Prestige came out first. Mm. So I feel like if the roles were reversed, like if you saw Illusionist first, you'd be like, yeah, it's a pretty cool film. And then you see The Prestige, actually, you're like, oh, this is better. Okay. I've seen The Prestige first and I've seen Illusionist. I mean, I didn't want to compare the two because they're very different stories. But since they're both based around magic and yeah. around the same type of era they took yep. place in, I couldn't help but compare them. And Illusionist is not nearly as good to me. Like, Prestige but, is awesome because it has a twist, though, too, that's like, oh, no. Yeah. I don't think the Illusionist And again, I, I could be wrong. I don't believe the Illusionist was based on any source of material. It might have right. been an original story, whereas obviously Prestige was based on it was a novel adaptation yeah. by Christopher Nolan. So, but... Um, yeah, so I mean, if I had to recommend one of the two, I'd easily say The Prestige. But not say The Illusion is a bad film, which is, for me, it's very forgettable, which in my mind always makes it not recommendable. Mm, yep. <laughs> um, here's a funny one. I, I already know you're... I, I skewed this answer, obviously, to you very, very easily. <laughs> but, um, and I don't, again, I don't really know why I, I... I was trying to tenuously make a connection between these two films. I think just because they're they're both very unique kind of films, I think. I um, oh. Yeah. They came out, geez, I don't know, eight years apart, I think, but... I couldn't. I, I don't know. I couldn't find a better comparison for the first film. So, anyways, I got. I'm gonna compare <laughs> Pitch Perfect. Okay. With Mean Girls. <laughs> Interesting. Like high school drama, kind of. Sure. Like female cast mostly. Yeah. You know that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I know what your answer is gonna be. No, obviously. I. But I. I like both movies though. Yeah. Um, because I'm a sucker for a good musical movie. Like I love High School Musical still to this day. Um, so Pitch Perfect is right up my alley uh, and I love Anna Kendrick too mm-hmm. do you feel like for some reason I don't know do you think Mean Girls I think came out like 2004 do you feel like if you watch it nowadays Mean Girls has an age as well maybe than when it first came out I think it would I mean, like, I'm not even saying like the style of the jokes or anything just like I don't know because like back then like, Lindsay Lohan was like the hottest thing right and nowadays obviously well yeah she her popularity has fallen off the cliff right. um Man, I think they're just four different crowds, but mm-hmm. maybe not. Like, I, I like both these movies, but I do love Mean Girls more, mm-hmm. only because I think it's just quintessential high school. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah, I think because it came out when I was in high school, it was just like, oh, this is life. Um, where Pitch Perfect was just like, this is dream life. So, but for first watch, I'd probably go with Pitch Perfect. Really? Even though I love Mean Girls to death. Um. I think Pitch Perfect is more consumable. Have you seen the Pitch Perfect sequels? Uh, p- bits and pieces. Okay. But yeah, I think I, they're more of the same, really. Yeah, none of them are really bad. Usually the same cast with a couple new additions. But yeah. yeah. But they're cons- they're quite consistent. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I cannot get that Cups song out of my head. <laughs> so they did it right. But yeah, I, th- I just think it's easier to watch that than Mean Girls. I think, unless you're looking for humor. Mm-hmm. but And okay. a redhead. 
um i have a lot of uh, movies on this list but since i'm looking at the time we're at right now i'm not gonna get through all of these which is fine i didn't think we would um which is good i'm glad yeah, we so have some part discussion two is four exactly well the thing i like about this series too i feel like there's definitely over time i can think of a lot more i like this one yeah we can come back and revisit the series in like yes, a month please. or two and okay so i'll finish off with a couple of more some more action theme ones maybe ready. for my style but no, um ready. so the next one i find a little interesting um and again i don't think you'll have much input on this one but I'm going with Lethal Weapon mm-hmm. or Bad Boys. Is this because you watch Bad Boys on Netflix? No, it's because, no, both films are like buddy cop movies. Mm. They they came out eight years apart. Like Lethal Weapon was 87, Bad Boys was 95. But yeah, like Lethal Weapon obviously launched that series. You know, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, they made four films out of that. Bad Boys turned, turned into a trilogy recently. That was Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And that was in Bad Boys was Michael Bay's first film. <laughs> right. Kicked off his action career in the 90s mm-hmm. with a bang. But um, yeah, they're both great films. Uh, again, I think Bad Boys is, for first viewing is sort of like the more easily digestible film. Very well paced. Good comedy. Like Lisa Weapon has comedy as well. Good banter between obviously Mel Gibson and, and Danny Clover. They're great together. Um, but uh, Lisa Weapon has a little bit more heart. Definitely a lot more emotion, especially with Mel Gibson's character. He's... He, you know. Mel Gibson got two shout-outs this podcast. Right? Congratulations. I, I could do a whole thing no, on Mel don't, Gibson. I don't. won't. <laughs> I think I could. Um, but yeah, like Bad Boys definitely feels like a movie from the 90s. And Lethal Weapon nowadays might feel a little dated, with, especially with like the soundtrack choices. Like it, There's a lot of like jazz, like saxophone, and like, I don't know. It was very 80s. Trust me, listen to the movie Lethal Weapon, you'll st- just say that it sounds like something from the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> If um, you say so. But I think Lethal Weapon, I'll give Lethal Weapon a shout out. It has a better villain than the first. The first Bad Boys villain is kind of forgettable. But again, that movie's all about the dy- dynamic between Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Like, they're, they right. make the film. Yeah. And the action scenes, especially. But yeah, they, like, Gary Busey was the villain in the first Gary Lethal Busey. Weapon. Gary Busey. All I know him yeah, from is. I know. Um, uh, it, uh, I know the not the apprentice, celebrity apprentice. Yes, yes. celebrity. That's the only only uh, touch point I have for Gary Busey mm-hmm. and Meatloaf. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, those are both great action films. And like I said, they both were huge um, for their respective genres in those decades. And um, the last one I'm going to finish off with is kind of an interesting one here. I mean, this one by no means is this even close to a comparison. Like I can easily recommend one of these over the other. But I want to give a shout out to one this one film especially because I feel it's very overlooked. The comparison here is going to be between Training Day, which is probably one of the best films in the last 20 years. Really? That, yeah, Denzel Washington. Oh, yeah. Okay. Training Day or... <laughs> Street Kings. Now, most people probably don't know what the heck I'm talking about. Street Kings. Same director as Train Day. Train Day came out in 01. I think Street Kings was 09. 08 or 09. I can't remember the exact year. But if I told you that, I need not tell you the premise for Street Kings. If I told you Street Kings was like a cop drama thriller, I guess, let's say, cop drama thriller starring uh, John Wick. Uh, Captain America and Dr. House. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> right? <laughs> I would take that. Um, obviously not playing those roles. Like Ke- Keanu Reeves is the main character in the film. He plays a cop. Um, Chris Evans, Captain America, he plays his partner later in the film. And then Dr. House just plays like an internal affairs detective. Is he British detective. House or is he's American Hugh Laurie? House. American. Is he Laurie? He's playing American accent. Yeah. So, so we're back to house mode. Okay. Forrest, Forrest but Whitaker. is he a prick? That's the best part of house. Yes. Awesome. Yes. He's, playing, awesome. He's, he's playing an internal affairs cop. So Why do we not yeah. watch this movie? Because <laughs> it's not a great film. It's, I find it very entertaining, but definitely for sure. I mean, it doesn't hold the candle to Training Day. Training Day, if you haven't seen it, like, I mean, there's a reason why Denzel won the Oscar for this one. You don't see Denzel playing a bad guy very often. That's true. And when I say bad guy, like he's not like the villain of the film per se. Like he, he's a cop, just like Ethan Hawke's character. Ethan Hawke is technically the protagonist, and Denzel is his partner. 
but Denzel, I mean, yeah, that, that movie, I mean, Denzel obviously was already a great actor before Train Day came out, but that really just launched him into a different category of, oh yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, I really just want to give a shout out to Street Kings. Again, I don't know if it's on Netflix or Amazon right now, but yeah, if you want to see, if you like, yeah, if you like Keanu Reeves, it's it's rare seeing Keanu Reeves play like a a cop. Yeah, he's played cops before. I'm saying like he's in a, he's in a film where he plays like you know the the good cops surrounded by a bunch of corrupt cops. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's sort of like a whole dynamic of yeah. It sounds interesting. It's not it's not a bad film. I've seen it a few times. Um, I haven't watched, probably seen it for like four or five years, but I remember really liking it when it came out. Uh, like the the director David Ayer, he's done a lot of those type of films. Like he did another one, another he likes doing films involving cops. He did another one uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena called um, End of Watch. That's another good one. It came out like six, seven years ago. Okay. Um, he also had a lot of stinkers in between. Like he did, mm. he did the original Suicide Squad. You know the one with Will Smith in it. He <sighs> yeah. did, did, it, did that one called Bright on Netflix. Remember that one? Where that Will was Smith, Will Smith. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. With the fantasy world. Yep. They, yeah. What else did he, oh, he did? Oh, he did another cop one with like Arnold Schwarzenegger called, um, oh, what the heck was it called? Sabotage? I think it was called Sabotage. Anyways, he does a lot of cop films. But <laughs> I think, yeah, like Training and Street Kings are two of his best, obviously. So yeah, that's, um, we'll leave that topic off there. And, cool uh, party. Yeah. Hope so some of those movies stand out to you guys. If you haven't seen them before, look them up or rewatch them again if it's been a while and you want to refresh yourself. Um, I think the question today, sure, today yeah, yeah. should be, like somebody send us their two comparisons for us to choose between. Yeah, definitely. So if you'd like to send that to us, please email us at whenoppositesreact at gmail.com. I'm guessing obviously you want to give the Extra Life shout out one last sure. time. Sure. <laughs> last time we are streaming 12 hours on Saturday, November 6th, 12 hours on Sunday, November 7th. From 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. we are raising money from Meek Master Children's Hospital uh, here in Hamilton. Uh, if you would like to support us, we are at extralife.org, the cookie clan, uh, and you can come watch us at twitch.tv, uh, and we are at the Everrain channel, and I'm going to spell that because that's not easy, E-V-E-R-A-Y-N-E. So yeah, come check us out, come hang out, we'll be playing Mario Party together, which would mean that we're going to murder each other, so it'll be great. I just realized we're 41 minutes into this thing, I did not even talk about the new Apex season. I was going to ask you at the beginning... And then I didn't. Do you want to talk about it? Like no, for, no, 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 no. I, you got one minute. Just say one, one minute worth of stuff. Go. It, okay. So a new map came out, which is a big deal because they only do a new map every, what, three or four seasons? This is only the fourth map. Right. And so season 11, so I guess. And it's been okay. out for two well, over two years. Yeah. Two and a half? Yeah. February will be a third anniversary. Right. So more than two and a half. But anyways, yeah. New map is fantastic. Um, I haven't got to try the new legend yet. The only reason why I didn't want to talk about it too much today because I've only been able to play like three or four hours yesterday. That's why yeah. you get your minute of first impressions. Exactly. So first impression, I love the new map. Um, haven't got the train new legend yet. What else? Um, barely Where are the you... swimsuits? Where, exactly. Where's Where's my swimsuit um, skins? Watson. DLC. Yeah. <laughs> or Pathfinder. I want to see swimsuit Pathfinder. Pathfinder. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it, I, I was very happy the servers were stable yesterday. Oh, I got true. to play a lot last night. No, no issues. Um looking forward to playing more tonight when i get off of this and all weekend basically <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah for extra life so yeah definitely if you want to see what if you've never seen apex 4 you want to see what the new map looks like check out our extra life this week i'll be playing it quite a bit mm-hmm. all right. well thanks everybody for listening as always we appreciate your support hope you're enjoying the show and we'll be back at the same time next week Boys. bye bye